Okay, so today we're learning that Kafavet in Eruvin. We are 19 lines from the top of the Amud on uh, Amud Aleph on uh, Kafavet, Amud Aleph, because we finished the Agadot last time. So rather than uh, mix Agadot and, and the Halachot that are coming, it was easier. We finished the Agadot last time, brought us a little bit into this daf, and now, now we're up to uh, uh, the Halacha part. So it says Rabbi Yehuda Omer at So this is talking about again these pasebero od pasebero od are these corner pieces that create a kind of an, an area that is demarcated for the taking of water out of the well. The well was Rishut Yachid. The surrounding areas Rishut Rabim where they're camping out. So therefore they had to find a way to bring water from this Rishut Yachid basically into above ground for their animals. And what they did was they created they had these corner pieces. Now the, the area in between those corner pieces, there's a limit on how far you can extend this idea that just like these corner pieces are going to create a, an enclosure. And you had a machloket in the Mishnah about first of all, how much space there can be between the pieces, but also how much area in total can be contained uh, in, that, in that enclosure. And so Rabbi Yehuda had said it could only be up to Betzatayim, the area that you plant um, two uh, satayim is, is two sa'a of, um, of grain. And basically he's saying that it's, uh, it's, it's, about, it's 70 amot and change by 70 amot and change. It's like a little bit more than 70 amot by 70 amot um, area. This is the area that's the limit. Now the basis for that... Huh? It's a, no, it's an area. It's area. It, no, because it's the amount of area that you plant in. That, that's why. It's the amount of surface. Yeah. It's not a volume. It's because it's the area that you plant in. So, that, so the reason for that is because you have certain halachot of enclosures that we'll see a little bit more of coming up that even though generally speaking an enclosed area is a Rashuta Yechid automatically from the, from the Torah's perspective, but rabbinically if the enclosed area is not mukafle dirah, it's not an area for residential purpose. It's for, uh, it's a field. It's something like that. So then there's a limit up to 70 plus amot by 70 plus amot that you can enclose and still call it Rishut HaYechid. If it's a very, very large area, even though it's enclosed, if it's a field, let's say, that has a fence around it, they, they didn't give you the ability to carry in that area in such a large enclosed area. So he's applying the same rule to this Paseberot, saying that same rule that an open kind of space that you have an enclosure, even though we're counting it as an enclosure with those corner pieces, we're going to cap the size of it at, uh, at you know, 70, 70 plus amot by 70 plus amot, nothing more than that. And we're going to see exactly what that includes. What the Gemara is going to ask you. What does he include? In the uh, when he's talking about two, when he's talking about two, uh, the satayim, the bet satayim, this area where you have the uh, uh, the area, the planting area, the seventy by seventy amot. What is he talking about? Is he including? He means that you can enclose a watering hole that is seventy by, by seventy amot, or does he mean the whole area that's enclosed? Because remember, obviously, within these pasebiraot is some ground. Right where the animal is going to stick their head in, and then there's also uh, then there's also a hole. It's not just the hole inside there. There's also some walking area, two amot they said on each side that they left. So if you have two amot on each side that they left, so that's going to subtract four amot from each direction. You're going to have to that, that the hole itself has to be less, right? So if you're counting the area around also in that seventy amot limit, then you're going to have a smaller hole that it has to be. Okay, 
Or do you, so do you count pasin, what it means is do you count the area around the edge or not? Does he mean that you can enclose a hole that's 70 by 70 amot? Or did he mean that the whole area you're enclosing is 70 by 70? So it says like this. So Adam noted, so the question is like this. Adam noted, he says, the question is like this, what do you look at? A person who looks at the situation, the enclosure, is he looking at the hole or is he looking at the area? If he's looking at the hole itself and saying, okay, what size hole are you allowed to enclose? Oh, 70 by 70. So then he realizes, because there's a certain limit. And since he realizes there's a limit, so then he's not going to mix that up. He's not going to come to carry in an area, like we said, karpef is an enclosure which is not mukaf dura, which is not for residential purposes, like a park, like a, uh, like a, um, uh, a, uh, you know, a, a field. Okay, that's enclosed, not lidura. So since it's not lidura, so therefore it has a limit on the betzatayim. It's the 70 by 70 ama area, this area that you would, that you would uh, plant two sa'av grain in there. Okay, so in the, um, so, it, so it, we don't want him to confuse it with that. So it says, if he's looking only at the hole and he sees the hole is 70 by 70 and that's the only thing he looks at, he's going to realize that oh, also a field can only be 70 by 70. But if he looks at mechitzato, that means he's going to say, oh, well, actually what we enclosed here was 74 by 74 because we had two amot on every side. So maybe then I can go and I can carry in another enclosed area that's like a park or a field that has 74 amod, more than, uh, more than bits of time. So that's what we're concerned about. So Tashma, come and listen. Kamahin Mekorovin. So it's going to give us a brighta that's going to shed light on this. It's how close to these pieces have to be to the center. They have to be close enough that the animal can put most of its body into the area to get close to this watering hole because that's where you're going to put the actual water down for it to drink. Right? So it says, so, in uh, how far can they be from the hole? In other words, that's the, if you want to make them very close, you still have to leave enough space that the animal can edge in and can drink there. Otherwise, you can't put it right on the edge of the, of the pit. It's, it's not going to help. Because then there's nowhere to put the bucket of water that you take out. So, and for the animal to come in. But how far can it be? That means the area in which you would plant the core of grain, which is a lot of grain, meaning as far as you want. So the, so the first opinion is saying it could be, you know, very far from the, there could be a lot of space between the, these pasim and the, and the hole. Rabbi Yudaumer, betzataim mutari. So now he comes in and says, no. Only betzataim. You can't have such a gigantic area enclosed. Uh, forget about how much space can be between the pasim. How much space can be inside that you're enclosing. There's a limit. They said to him, don't you agree? You have, if you have a deer, if you have a, uh, like an area where you keep animals, Sahar is also an area, a corral, they keep animals. Mukhtar is a backyard, Khatzer is a front yard, right? It could be as big as you want, as long as it's enclosed. Yeah, that's true. But that is with walls. So you have walls over there, that's a different story. Here we're, we're already being lenient putting corner pieces here, boards in the corners to make a makeshift wall, a halachic wall, and now you also want to make it a gigantic area, you can't do that. Two leniencies you can't mix. So therefore it has to be a small area. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer, Bor mutar. If the pit is a betza time by a betza time, 70 plus amot by 70 plus amot, okay, that is how large it can be. Okay? So, uh, uh, 
and all that they said that you could go beyond that was the space for the head and the majority of the body of the cow. So there's a little bit more that you could fit the head and the majority of the body of the cow. And from the fact that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar specifically saying there's a 70 by 70 hole plus additional space, right? Plus additional space where the cow can fit in. So what does that imply? The implication is that Rabbi Yehuda, who just spoke before and said that you had a limit of 70 by 70 amot also, 70 plus times 70 plus, the fact that Rabbi Yehuda said that, and then Rabbi Shimon Lazar says, no, there's 70 by 70 in the hole, plus the area around it, that implies that he's counting the area around it, but that Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Yehuda is saying, no, the total, the total is 70 by 70, not just the hole can be 70 by 70 and then you get extra. No, 70 by 70 including the hole is all that you get. And so they're going to have to make the hole lit smaller. That's what it sounds like. Vilohi, but it's not true. Rabbi Yehuda, even Rabbi Yehuda, means that you have 70 by 70 in just the hole. And you could still have extra. If that's true, but then he's saying the same thing as Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, because what's Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar saying? He's saying you can have a 70 by 70 hole, amot, plus you can have the area around. You're saying that Rabbi Yehuda agrees with that. So then what's the machlokah then? Okay, there's a difference if you have arich v'katin, if it's rectangular instead of Square because Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said it had to be square. He said it was seventy by seventy. That means square. Okay, Rabbi 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 Shimon ben Elazar is saying it has to be square in order to allow you to go to that that size. Okay, it must be square. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that could be even if it's rectangular. Meaning, even if you have the uh, even if you have a, the it's longer on the, you know the length is greater than the um, than the width. Still within a certain amount, it has to be this, like the chater of the mishkan. He said it has to be like the. Right? He says it has to be like the uh, like the way the mishkan was. You know, it can't be more than that. But it, it would have to be a uh, the um, the uh, the exact proportion of the mishkan or less. Okay, wait. It says here. I think. I think he says here, doesn't he? Right, so he doesn't even say here in Rashi that, but I think elsewhere he does say that it can't be, it wouldn't be able to, there's a limit to it. Here Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi just says it has, it, it, as long as the total area is like 70 by 70, okay, 4,900 square amot, let's say, right, as long as, it's, as, long as it doesn't go beyond that, according to, uh, according to review uh, that seems here, that it would be okay. He doesn't even say the thing about the Mishkan here. I thought I remembered it, but I, I must have seen it elsewhere. Here he doesn't say it. But, the, uh, but Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar is saying it has to be square to allow you to go to that, that size. What would he say? If, does, he have a, uh, does he have a size that's beneath that if it's a different shape? He doesn't say. He doesn't say. Right? So, but, but, any open area that is used for dwelling, such as the areas where the animals live, or... Muktze is your backyard or your front yard. Even if it's an area where you would plant a ton of green, a large area. However, any place which is made for avir, for the outside. Now this means, for example, if you have a little hut that is there for a guard to sit and watch the field. It's not for living in the hut. He's not there to live in the hut. He's there to watch the field. He's there to watch the outside. That's called Tashmishole Avir. 
It's made for the outside. It's made for something other than dwelling. It's serving the outside. So there you have a limit that you only, even if it's enclosed with walls, you have a limit that you can only have the size of up to the bits of time, the 70 by 70 amot. That was limit because it's not considered dirah. The chidush is that not only do we say it's not considered living if it is just an enclosed area like a park, like a garden, okay? We even say it's not considered enclosed if it's made for the person to stay there, but his function is watching the field. His function, it's not really made for him. He's there just to watch the field. So then it also comes under this rule that there's a limit on how much you can enclose um, according to the rabbis. Now it'll be still pretty big, I mean, yeah, it's still, it's still pretty large. It's not like uh, tiny, but it wouldn't, it's not infinite. So you can't make a mention for the guy to, uh, to, to stay and watch the field. Not that you would probably do that anyway. Right? Now, that's the conclusion of the Gemara. Now the Mishnah says, Rabbi Yudamar, Ima yad derech shut rabim sakatan, isal ken l'tzadin. Chachamim yomim, eno tarich. So the Mishnah says, if you have these paseh beraot, you have this area that basically the rabbi said, we can count these corner pieces as if they create a wall. Right, they're creating a north, west, east, and south wall just by these corner pieces. That's only true if there's no thoroughfare going through. But if there's a thoroughfare, meaning that there's a derech shuta rabim, it says if the people are passing through it all the time, that's not a mechitzot anymore, according to Rabbi Yehuda. How can you say that's how can you say that's an enclosed area? People are going in and out all the time, according to the uh, according to uh, the chachamim. It doesn't matter. Even if people are walking in and out, the rabbi said it's enclosed. It's enclosed. Okay, that's, that's all the Mishnah tells us. Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Tarvayu. Huh? That's not even an enclosure. So it's a whole, the whole, the, there's a whole discussion about what is Tzuat Petach. Tzuat Petach is a different thing because that's Tzuat Petach. Some people say, no, Tzuat Petach is like a wall. It's like as, as good as having a wall. So it's different. So it's different, yeah. So there's, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Tarvayu, Kanod Yachakochan Shal Mechitzot. Right? It says, here you see the power of mechitzot. You have an enclosure, even if the public is going through, it doesn't break it. That's what Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Elazar said. Because look, even though the Chachamim are saying, even though you have a, 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 a highway going through, it doesn't stop it. Kanus he's saying, here you see the power of mechitzot, implying that he agrees. He agrees with this halacha. Is that true? He agrees with it. Didn't Rabbi Yochanan himself say in the name of Rabbi, uh, Rabbi 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 said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that Yerushalayim, if not for the fact that its doors were closed at night, it would be a Rashut Rabim. Why? Because the public passes through. And if there were no doors locked at night, then the fact that the public passes through is what's called Mibatilatamchitza. It cancels out the enclosure. Enclosure means there's some resistance to the outside. If it's a, so it's saying the fact that they close and lock the doors at night. That shows that there's some, there's some sense of Rishut HaYachid. But if it was wide open all the time, so then there wouldn't be a sense of Rishut HaYachid, even though it's enclosed. Why? Because the thoroughfare, the people go in and out. Now, so what does it mean? So what do you see? That Rabbi Yochanan is saying that if you have traffic going through, it is Mivatil, the, the, the Mechitzot. So how could he say, oh, here you see how powerful mechitzot are, that even though people are going through these pasei it doesn't nullify them. But he himself said Jerusalem would be nullified by the traffic. So how could he not think that the pasei would be nullified by the traffic? He says, you're right. He was saying the Chachamim in this Mishnah are showing you what they believe about the power of the mechitzot, even though Rabbi Yochanan doesn't believe that. 
He thinks that the traffic going through would nullify mechitzot, even of Jerusalem. There's actually a very evident contradiction between the words of the Chachamim and between the words of Rabbi Yehuda in two places. Because, we've seen this Braita a half a dozen times already. Right? The two houses across the street from each other. Rabbi Yehuda says, you have two houses across the street from each other, you can put a Korah across, right? From one to the other. Or you could put Lechayayim, two Lechayayim on one side, on one of the houses, on either side of one of the houses, and that's enough. And you can, and so he's saying it's already Rashut Ayachid with the two houses, even though there's a street there. Right? So he says, Either he puts two korot across or he puts two lechayayim on either side of one of the houses. And that's enough. So what do you see from there? The rabbi said you can't make a Rashut Rabim into a Rashut Ayachid with that magic. Doesn't work. So the problem is, the rabbis are contradicting themselves and so is Rabbi Yehuda for a very obvious reason. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda says over here, but by Pasei Bira'ot, that if, they, that if there's traffic going through, you have to move the road, you have to redirect the traffic so they don't come through the Pasei Bira'ot because they're going to destroy the Mechitzot. And yet when he says that when there's a road going right in between these two houses, you can make it a Rashut Yechid, even though there's traffic going through. It doesn't make sense. So what's the answer? Rabbi Yehuda will tell you there's a very big difference. Simple difference. What's the difference? When it comes to the two houses across the street from each other, you have two genuine mechitzot. Because the houses give you two walls. Okay? The Pasei Beroot, there isn't even one real mechitzah. It's all just corner pieces. How lenient can you be? You're already saying it's an enclosure based on these little corner pieces and now there's traffic going through. I mean, what a joke is that? Right? So that doesn't matter. When you have two houses on either side of the road, you could definitely say that these two houses create real mechitzot. Okay, what about the rabbis? How come the rabbis, in the case of the two houses, will say that it, it is, uh, it is mevatel, but in the case of Pasei Berot, not? They said, you know, even though you're right from a physical perspective, interesting machloket actually, from a physical perspective, Rabbi Yehuda is looking at the physicality of it. He says, look, in one case you have two physical machitzot, and according to him that's all you need biblically to create an area, the rest is rabbinic, right? So he says, you have two physical machitzot, and so we, the fact that traffic is going through is not important. Then we put, we, we make two makeshift mechitza, we're good. Pasei beraot, the whole thing, there's no mechitza at all. There's not one full wall. The rabbis say no. The opposite. When you have pasei beraot, the rabbis endowed that set up with the halachic status, the legal status of four mechitzot. That has din of four mechitzot, right? It has the law of four mechitzot. Even though they really, there's no mechitzot there. But legally, that's four mechitzot. You want to say the same thing about two houses across the street from each other? That's only two, that's only two mechitzot. There's no, there's no four. Right? So it's not the same thing. So they're saying, legally speak, the question is, which case is stronger? The case of having two houses across the street from each other with a Roshut HaRabim in the middle? Or the case of having four corner pieces with a Roshut HaRabim going through? Rabbi Yehuda says having two houses across the street from each other is more powerful because you have two actual solid mechitzot there. Okay? Rabbi, the Chachamim say no, the other way around. Pasei Beraot is more powerful because there you have a halacha of it's considered like four mechitzot. 
So even, nobody gave you magically a halakha that there's four machitzot with your two houses across the street from each other. But the rabbis gave the Pasei the status of four machitzot. So if they already gave it a status of four machitzot, so that means that it's as good as enclosed halachically. Legally speaking, it's stronger. They're looking at the legal status and saying it's stronger. Rabbi Yudas saying from a physical status, it's weaker, right? Now, I'm Rabbi Yitzchak, Bar Yosef, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Eretz Yisrael, Ein chayavin alea mishum roshut rabin. Eretz Yisrael, there's no roshut rabin. Really? What are we talking about? How could that be? Don't worry, they're going to qualify that. Yatif Rav Dimi vekamal al hashmata. One time Rav Dimi was telling this over. Amale Abaye Rav Dimi. My time, what are you talking about? He said to Abaye, said, what's the reasoning? Ile ma mishum demakif le lasul maditzur. Maybe you're going to say because there is a high area, it's calling it the, the ladder of Tzur. On one side of Eretz Yisrael, there's an incline, and on the other side, there's a decline, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, an area where it goes down. And so it's like it has mechitot basically around it. It's saying there's, there's, there's a, the, the, the structure of the land, meaning it's elevated and it goes down on the other side. So it's like almost like it has walls around it because it has tent vachim elevation on one side, cliff, and then a descent on the other side. And, and it goes apparently all around. So, so you, you would say that it's uh, demarcated. It's like it has mechitot. It's elevated. Okay? So it says, if that's true, bavel nami makivla prat so why don't we just say the same thing about Bavel? Why only Israel? Because you have two rivers in Bavel. You have Euphrates River and Tigris River. Okay? And, if, if, and therefore you could say that these two rivers also create, they have river banks. Okay? So they almost also create, that was one of the arguments I wanted to make about Manhattan, that it's an island. And, that, and, and therefore it's, you know, it has mechitzot because it's tentvachim descent from the you know, on the edges, into the bank of the, of the Hudson, or whatever. That was one of the reasons that they tried to, to, to lower it from being Rishut Arabim, so they could find a way to, uh, to, to make Eruv and everything. And then, but then, then Abai says, so first of all, this is called reductio ad absurdum. You take some, an idea and you push it as far as you can to show that it doesn't work. So first of all, Eretz Yisrael would not be the only case, because Bavel also, and then we'll take it to the case of the entire world is surrounded by an ocean. Okay, he says, the Kula Alma Nami Makif Ukianus. Is there not ocean around the right? What is it? So, what does that mean? That, like, look at the United States. You have on the eastern side, Atlantic Ocean, western side, Pacific. Above us, uh, you know, we have, Canada, you have above Canada, you have Arctic uh, Ocean. Below us, you know, Gulf of Mexico, whatever. You have, you have, you have water everywhere. So you could say the entire world, every continent basically, by, is, is surrounded by water. Somewhere, somewhere it's surrounded by water. If you go far enough, even the largest countries, eventually you'll, you'll get the, from, from dry land to water. So then you could say the whole world is then going to be uh, enclosed. Dilma Malotomoradotkama. They said maybe you're just talking about the areas where it is not flat. You mean that is not Rishut Arabim. You don't mean that the whole Eretz Yisrael is not Rishut Arabim. That's not possible. You mean that? And he said to him, Amale, he said to him, Karkafna, Chazid, He said, Karkafna, Karkafna means person with a head. Meaning you're smart. You're a smart person. I've seen your head, I've seen you in the, in the Beit Midrash with Rabbi Yochanan. Ki Yochanan, Ki Yochanan, He said, he said that uh, that 
you, you were there when Rabbi Yochanan said that very point. Meaning that, that's exactly what he meant. He wasn't talking about the, uh, the entire Eretz Yisrael. He was talking about the, only, the, um, only the areas that are elevated, in the, meaning the, the areas that are hilly where people can't really cross. That, you know, you, or, I mean, you could, but it would be very difficult where people cannot traverse. So those areas are considered not Rishut Rabim. But other areas wouldn't be. It was similarly stated. When Ravin came, that he said that these areas that are elevated, meaning hilly areas with ups and downs, those are not Rishut Rabim because they're not similar to the Digle Midbar. They're not similar to the Midbar where everyone could walk freely because it's very difficult to get around there. Those areas, that's what he meant. So meaning Reb, that, that Abaye's guess at what Rabbi Yochanan must have meant was actually what he said. And we never said that the entire Eretz Yisrael would not be uh, considered a, uh, would not be considered Rishut Rabim. He meant only in those areas that are not easily accessible. Normally we say that if you have in ten tvachim an elevation of four amot, right? I'm sorry, the other way around, right? It, it, ten tvachim, yeah, an elevation of ten tvachim within four amot, meaning if horizontally the four amot, horizontal amot are, are elevated ten tvachim, so it's a steep incline is the point, right? It's a steep incline. So in a steep incline situation, um, you would be like, let's say, for example, it would be something like a, a foot and a half of the base, right? Would be a, would be 1.5, well, yeah, it would be like six feet in height in, in a foot and a half of base, or not even. How much is it? It's less than that. It's, ha- it's half of a foot. No, what is it? It's, uh, let's see, four, uh, 10 tfachim high is what, three feet? Three feet elevation, four amot is about six feet. Right, so, so f- for six feet base. of base, you're gonna have three feet of elevation. It's like 0.5, it's like half. The, right, so that's very steep. It's a very steep uh, incline. So that incline usually is considered a mechitza. It's considered, and if you were on top of it, it'd be like a shutayachid, because it's already considered not accessible, it's considered like a, a wall, right? Three feet height for four for for one point five feet, uh, for six feet uh, uh, six feet of, of base. Three six. Yeah. Two to one. Yeah, two to one ratio. That's usually a rishat Meaning, if you had a hill like that that was ten uh, ten high uh, within, meaning if it's a gradual slope up, the point is if it took like if it took ten amot to get to ten tvachim. You know, then it would be uh, then it would, it would be too gradual of an incline. It wouldn't be steep. But if it's a steep incline, first of all, that could be considered a wall. And if on top of it is actually space and area up there, that's considered a rishut yachid, right? Even if it's in a rishut rabim. So it's saying an area like that. But he's adding an a- aspect verabim book inbo. But people actually climb up it. So even though it's an area that's a steep incline, which is considered inconvenient and therefore would normally be considered a wall, but people walk up it, they, they don't care. So then, would you say that that's considered Rishut Rabim or not? Because it's not easily accessible, but people use it. In other words, people use it, practically speaking, even though you, in, in, 
when theory contradicts practice, you know, the theory is that such an incline will not be considered part of Rishut Rabbim, it will even be considered a wall because it's not something that's accessible. But Lemaaseh, people don't care and they walk up it anyway. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So it says, Don't even ask about it according to the rabbis. Because when you look at the case of the Pasei Biraot, they say even if there's a highway going through, even though it's ease of access, they can walk right through those Pasei Biraot, they still don't ruin the Mechitzot. They still don't ruin the enclosure. So here... So here definitely we'll say just because the, the, the people decide that they're going to climb up this incline doesn't destroy the fact that it's a mechitza. They, they're not going to say that it destroys it. But the question is according to Rabbi Yehuda. So he, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not so clear because when it comes to the Pasei Bera'ot, maybe he'll tell you the reason why the, the thoroughfare the going through the Pasei Bera'ot ruins it is because it's so easy. It's easily accessible. It's on a flat plane, so they walk right through. But here, maybe he'll say the fact that people walk up a steep incline doesn't, uh, doesn't nullify that incline as a, as a partition. It's still a partition. Or maybe, Odilma, Maybe he'll tell you, Lashna, it doesn't make a difference. If the, the bottom line is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is it enough that people, that the public uses it and that robs it of its status as a partition? Or it has to be something which is accessible easily to the public for it to lose its status as a partition. According to the rabbis, even when it's easily accessible, they say, once you have a partition, you have a partition. We don't care if people pass through. The question is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who said people passing through can nullify the significance of a partition, so will he say that even if the people do it in a case where it's not normal, like they decide to all climb up, be Spider-Man and climb up the uh, England. So Amali said, Chayavit. He says, it will nullify the partition. And so he asked him, in. said, even if you have to go up by a rope, okay, you can't even walk straight up. You need a rope to climb up. Yes, still. Even the Malot Bet Meron, which was very steep and you can only go in single file. He said, yes. Meaning, if the people, if the, the average person, meaning like the public, uses this as a way to pass through, it doesn't matter if, that it's difficult, it doesn't matter they have to use a rope, it doesn't matter they have to go single file, it ru- destroys it from being a partition according to Rabbi Yehuda. If you have a chatzir, which means an enclosed area, but the public uses it as a shortcut. So they go on one side and they go out the other side. Okay? With regard to Shabbat, it's considered a Rashut Yachid because it is enclosed. But for Tum'ah, impurity and purity, also there's a significance because a doubt about impurity is ruled pure in a public area and impure in a private area. But the definition of private in, in Tum'ah is, um, is the presence of people. It's not the same as Shabbat. Shabbat it's defined by enclosure. Uh, Tum'at is defined by social definition, right? The social definition of public and private. So even though this chatzir could be considered a private domain for Shabbat because it's enclosed, the fact that the public passes through makes it a Rashut Rabim with respect to Tum'at. Lenient on both ends. Uh, yeah, it'll be lenient. So money, if you're going to tell me this is the rabbi, if the rabbis hold that even by where the public passes right through, okay, it doesn't ruin the partition, 
So then obviously by a chatzer where it's not so easy, because you know, it has, they have to squeeze through an opening. It's not made for uh, thoroughfare. Maybe there's a small entrance, small exit. They all have to squeeze through. So definitely it's not going to nullify the mechitzah because it's not easy for them to use it. Okay, you must tell me that this Braita is Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is saying that normally uh, traffic will nullify a mechitza, but here in a chatzir, it won't nullify a mechitza. So it says, Lo, le'olam rabbanan. Actually, this teaching is even according to the rabbis. Why? Because you might not have known. In other words, of course, they're not going to say that traffic going through nullifies the partitions for Shabbat. We know that they're very lenient about that. They don't say that traffic going through nullifies partitions, but you might have thought that it would make it, it would be a Rishut HaYachid also for Tum'ah, since it's a Rishut HaYachid for Shabbat. And that's why they mentioned with regard to Tum'ah, it's a Rishut HaRabim. If you have these alleyways and they open to Borot, Shechin and Marot, or caves or pits or cisterns, whatever they are, Rishut HaYachid Shabbat, it's considered Rishut HaYachid for Shabbat. Now it's talking about a case where one end of the Mavoi has like this pit in it. Okay? So it's not easily, you can't easily traverse this pit on Shabbat. Okay, has a picture? Um, yeah, so it, 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 that is what makes it closed on that side, basically, because you can't get through easily because there's a pit. Normally, you have a wall on that end. Instead, you have a deep pit. The pit is also like a Rishut HaYachid. It's also deep. Right? So it, it also, it also will, will create a partition over there. So it says that Rishut HaYachid Shabbat so first of all, the Gemara asks, "What do you mean it opens into a pit? What does that mean? Meaning, no, what it means is libor. It opens to a pit. It doesn't mean it's in a pit, right? It means it opens to a pit. So, Mani, who is the author? Obviously, this should be obvious to the rabbis because the rabbis say that traffic doesn't change a partition. And in a case where the traffic easily flows, like through the Pasei Biro'ot, they say it doesn't, change the, it doesn't change the partition. So here where it's not easy, because it's blocking, it is, like you want to go out that side of the Mavoy, you have to like go around the gigantic pit in the middle. It's not easy. People have to go around it. Definitely they're going to say that it doesn't nullify. The fact that people are passing through are not going to nullify the Mechitza. El Alav Rabbi Yudai, it must be that this is Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda is telling you that in this case, he would say that the passing of the people through does not make it a Rashut Arabim. Right? Because, because it's difficult for them to get through. But the Gemara says, Lo, they will not, because remember, before we had the discussion where he said, oh, even if you had to climb up a very steep hill, Rabbi Yehuda, and the public did it. They, they climbed on a rope. Okay? They were all climbing a rope every day to go. Still it would be Rashut Harabim. Because people are using it. So they're, they're saying, but no, this must be Rabbi Yehuda here telling you that no, if it's difficult to pass, it doesn't become a Rashut Rabim. It says, no, that's not true. This is the rabbis. Again, they needed to tell you that it's still a Rashut Rabim for Tum'ah. In other words, this is according to the rabbis. According to Rabbi Yehuda, actually, the fact that the, that the public passes through this area, even with difficulty, makes it a public area for all things, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Okay? Now, we must obviously assume that Rishonim explained that the walls on the side must be breached or something because normally Rabbi Yehuda would say that just two walls, Deoraita already makes it a, a Rishut HaYachid because we know about the two houses, right? But that's another story. But the, the concept of traffic nullifying a Mechitza 
He, we're, we're trying to argue that he says that traffic will nullify machita even if the traffic only passes with difficulty through that area. Okay, Tashima, come on, listen again. Shvilei bet gilgul Again, this is talking about paths that go the very steep areas. Okay, any place where the eved cannot carry a servant could not carry a se'ah of wheat and run up this incline in front of his officer that was commanding him. That's considered to be these kinds of paths that are bit gilgul, meaning very steep incline paths. Okay, so these steep incline paths are considered shute because they actually are considered like partitions because they're so steep, they're like walls. It's like walking up a wall to walk up. So man, so you can't tell me this is the rabbis telling you this because it's obvious. The rabbis say that even if the public walks through an area that they can easily walk through, it doesn't change the status of that area to public. Definitely hills that are so steep that you can barely walk, even if people walk up them, it's not going to nullify the mechitzot. You're going to have to say it's Rabbi Yehuda is saying it here. And again, we're trying to show that, oh, maybe Rabbi Yehuda really does say that if it's difficult for the public to get through, then it doesn't change the status of the place. Right? Only when it's easy, it changes the status of the place. So that's why Rabbi Yehuda would be the author here, and he would be the one saying that since it's difficult for the public to traverse these steep inclines, it doesn't change, they're not going to nullify the mechitzot. That's a whole different area. Issue. You're talking about these paths of Bet Gilgul. Yoshua oev Yisrael haya. Yoshua benun loved the Jewish people. Amad v'tkelem drachim v'sratya. So Yoshua established certain areas as public areas, not to be held by any private interests. Okay, public public areas. Okay. Kol echad nichat hashmishta misral rabim. Kol echad nichat hashmishta misral yachid. Basically, said any area that is easily accessible is going to belong to the public. Any area that is not easily accessible for, for traffic is going to be able to belong to an individual, right? That's going to be able to be subject to private property. And so therefore what? So as she says, going back to our original discussion about these steep inclines in Eretz Israel that we said are Rashut HaYachit, right? It says there, that is in Eretz Yisrael that you have this idea, this idea. The idea is that these inclines and these very steep areas, the reason why they are not considered Rishut Rabim is because Yoshua bin Nun from the beginning intended them to be private property. That's why. So the public going through them is like, not, doesn't imply a claim by the public on those areas. But in other places where the public defines whatever the public goes through that isn't owned by an individual private property automatically is considered to be for the public, that's a different story. There we could say that maybe the fact that the public uses it transforms it into public. But in Eretz Yisrael, Yehoshua made a condition that only the areas that are accessible are considered for the public. Any area like inclines like this are considered to be private in, for private interest and private ownership. And that's why, the, um, that's why the traffic going through there is not going to nullify the, um, the uh, status of those mechitzot because they are designated for private use and not for public use. But if they were equally uh, available for public use, so there Rabbi Yehuda perhaps would say that even though it's difficult to, to go, 
Still, since they were set aside for, private, for public use also, the public using them might change the status of those areas too. Right, that's interesting. 